Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well, good morning, Faith family. My family and I are on vacation right now, but I wanted to be the one to welcome our guest this morning who has been with us before, always brought a solid word of God, brings lots of joy and life to you and to the house. Can we welcome Pastor Sam Walker, our dear friend, as he comes to preach the word today? Oh, everybody say amen. Man, don't you have the handsomest pastor on planet Earth with Jason King? Come on. Hey, in case he's watching, give Pastor Jason a big hand. Let him know you love him today. Woo! What a family. I think they're one of the coolest pastoral families I've ever met. Uh, and so what an honor and what a privilege to be back in this wonderful city, in this wonderful uh, church, worshiping a wonderful God who only does wondrous things. Amen. And how many of you believe that God has something wonderful for you today? Amen. If you believe that, go ahead and just say, hey, come on, give him some praise. He only does wonderful things, wondrous things. And, and a wonderful, wondrous thing happened 38 year, 39 years ago today. 39 years ago, my wife gave birth to our only son, Nathan Walker. And so give Nathan a big birthday, hallelujah, wherever he's at. And so we're excited to be here not only with you, but to be with Nathan uh, on his birthday, and we are also excited about the soon coming day of birth of Samuel Callum. Yeah, I'm a Samuel. Nathan's a, if you want to know, Nathan's name is Samuel Nathan Walker. I'm Samuel. I'm not telling you my middle name. Uh, I don't know if my mom and daddy was trying to persecute me or something, but uh, I'm just not going to say it. Uh, but I have one. Uh, and so, well, you'll, you'll, it's Eugene. My mom's in heaven, so maybe she didn't hear that. But it, and she went, when, I'd get, when, when I'd get in trouble, it was Sammy Jean. You better get yourself in here. Right so I'm a little scarred by that. But we're excited about Samuel Callum coming along. And, and, and Nathan's from Texas. We're from Texas. That slips out of my dialect every once in a while. You'll see that later. But uh, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to call him Cal. Hey, Cal, come here. How many think that's a good, I'm, I'm, we're excited about that. It's our, in fact, it's, I've got two daughters and the, and the family name Walker is resting upon Samuel Cal, Callum uh, Walker. So we're excited about that. So hopefully he'll make his debut in a few weeks and we'll be back up here being grandma and grandpa. Uh, we have, this will be number seven. So we're excited to be grandparents. Good to be here with you today. Oh, come on. Come, that's okay. Hey, we love our grandkids. We were with them all week last week. It was fun. They worked my wife. They worked her fingers to the bone. How many of you know what happens when, when you work your fingers to the bone? What do you get? Bony fingers. That's what she's got. So we're, we're recovering 
We're, we're recovering grandparents from a week of fun in the sun uh, at, in Texas at our lake house there. And so we're glad to be back here with you guys. Turn to First Chronicles chapter 11 today. You know, that first service always, I, I only preach once on Sunday. That first service, I get all nervous about that clock thing. Uh, and so I, I, I want you to know, I'm pretty relaxed now. Amen. That may bless you, it may not. So uh, you know what happens when the pastor looks at his watch on Sunday morning? You know what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. He's just looking. So, hey, I've got one that will keep me on track. Are you in First Chronicles chapter 11? If you're in First Chronicles chapter 11, say, I'm there, pastor. And let me just say, I, I beg for amens because I, if, if I say something you like, I've said this before probably here, or something that blesses you, it's okay to say amen. Or, or if you're Pentecostal, you can go, you know, that's right, preach. Whatever. It's okay to talk back at the proper times. And you'll know it's, it's an anointing. You'll just know when, when it's a good time to say amen. And if, if, you need, if I don't hear that, I don't think you understand me. And I'm a guy who wants to be understood. So I just keep repeating myself over and over and over until I think you understand me. So how many want to move this along today? Amen. There you go. So you got the picture. That's we work together. It's a tag team. It's an effort. So stay with me. Uh, today I want to talk to you about moving from the cave to the castle. I'll explain that momentarily. But the story picks up. And actually, it's a testimony. Chapter 11, uh, David has been made king over all of Israel. That was the will of God for his life. If you go back to 1 Samuel, uh, and back to 1 Samuel 16, 17, 18, and 19, it kind of tells you the story of David and what brought him to the place of being crowned the king. He had made it to the castle, but how many of you know sometimes there are some issues between the cave and the castle? Okay? And, and, and how he got in the cave, I'll tell you in just a moment. So, He's running, he's fleeing from Saul, and he finds himself in the cave. The reason he's fleeing from Saul is that he slayed Goliath. Remember that story. If you remember that story, say amen. Well, it caused him to be so popular in Israel that all the, the ladies made up a new song. And they would sing this song, and Saul did not like it. They would, however they clapped and sang back then, or danced, they, they said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Well, that didn't bless Saul at all. And, and so, under the inspiration of an evil spirit, he threw a spear at David and tried to kill him. And so, David is then on the run from Saul. He's going in the wrong direction, if you will, from the will of God for his life because what was the will of God for his life? It was to be king. And so chapter 11, it, it says he was king. He was anointed king. But then it tells us how he got there. And how he got there is through the influence of some mighty men. Everybody say mighty men. All the women say mighty women. How many of you know if they're behind every mighty man, there's a mighty woman. Somebody say amen. And so I speak to all of us today, but he had some mighty men. And I want to read this to you, and then we're going to backtrack just a little. It says this in verse 10. Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had. 
who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom with all of Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. So the will of God for David and for these mighty men was for David to be king. Now in this writing, he's already crowned king, but they're kind of giving you a, a, a recap of how that happened. And what it took to move from the cave to the castle. I'll show you the cave in just a moment. It says, this is the number of the mighty men whom David had, verse 11. I can't pronounce their names really well. Jehoshabim, the son of a Hachmanite, chief of the captains. He had lifted up his spear against 300, killed by him at one time. This is one bad dude, I'm telling you. 300 at one time. And then it says this about another of these mighty men, the three. After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Aoite, who was one of the three mighty men. I've always said this. If your last name's Dodo, or however you pronounce that word, you got to be a pretty bad dude. And he was. He was one of David's mighty men. And he was with David at at. I'll try this, Pashdahim. Uh, and now there were the Philistines were gathered. How many of you know when you read Philistines, that's usually not a good thing. I mean, Philistines. How many of you know in every journey of life, there's always a few Philistines? But how many of you, David already figured out these Philistines in the name of, you know, if you remember who was Goliath, he was a Philistine. There you go. And so they were, now there were Philistines were gathered for battle and there was a piece of ground full of barley. So the people fled from the Philistines. So everybody's running. But we got this mighty man, him and David, Eleazar. But they stationed themselves in the middle of the field, defended it, killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, let me just throw, I'm going to try, I'm going to read that again with a little more Pentecostal fervor, I'm going to give you an opportunity to reply. Are you with me? Here we go. It says this, but they stationed themselves in the middle of the field, defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Oh, some of you still in the cave. Here we go. Come on now. He goes on. Now, three of the 30 chief men went down to the rock to David, into the cave, here's the cave, into the cave of Adullam. Anybody ever been to the caves of Adullam? If you've been, raise your hand. Now, I, am I, it's barely, barely, raise your hand. She just kind of raised her hand. I'm the only one that's been, you've been to the caves of Adullam? Okay, you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. All right, fist bump, come on. Boom, there we go. They went to the caves of Adullam. That's where David was. Now three of the uh, 30 chief men went down to the rock to David into the cave of Adullam and the army of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the stronghold and the garrison, speaking of the caves, and the Philistines were in Bethlehem. Things were reversed in his life. He was not, it seemed, the will of God was not being realized in his life, uh, but he's, he's hiding out in the cave and the Philistines are in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, oh, that some, everybody said, oh, oh. Have you ever had something you want so bad? You say, oh, man. I, this is, he's just longing. Say it again with great longing. Oh, yeah. Oh, some of you bluebell ice cream. Oh, you just, oh, man. Do they have bluebell ice cream in Colorado? I thought it was just in Texas. Dang, they've gotten around, I guess. Oh, he said, he said, oh, 
that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Where's the Philistines? Where are the Philistines? They're in Bethlehem. And he's in the cave of Adullam. So the three, the three mighty men, when they heard that, they broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the wells of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but he poured it out to the Lord. These guys risked their life. And he poured it out to the Lord, and he gave an offering, and he said, Far be it from me, O my God, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who have put their lives in jeopardy? For at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Now, everybody put your hand on your heart as a symbol of your willingness to let the Lord speak to you today. Come on, put your hand on your heart. I'm watching. Okay, here we go. Pray this. Just follow along. Pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, we thank you today as we lay our hands on our heart that you would speak to us, Lord from your word and from the preaching of your word. Lord, for your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Speak, Lord, as Saul said, or as Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I open my heart to hear what you have to say. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, this morning, let me build this story for you a little bit. These mighty men, where did they come from? They gathered together with him. Where do you get these kind of guys who can slay hundreds by themselves, who can, who can do great, uh, uh, you know, exploits for God? These guys showed up. If we had time, we'd go back to 1 Samuel 16, 17, and 18, and 19, and 20. It's the story of David and how he, he came out of the, the, the pasture and was anointed the future king. And then he slayed Goliath and Saul didn't like it. And so David ended up having to flee from Saul. He found himself in the caves of Adullam and people started joining him in the cave. And it says about them, the ones that came were the discontent contented, the indebted, and the distressed. Now that's every preacher's nightmare. I'm going to start a church. Who shows up? The discontented, the indebted, and the distressed. But how many, well, let me just stop and say, how many of you have ever been one of those folks, okay? All right. There's hope for all of us, amen, that God can take the discontented, the indebted, the distressed, and transform their lives into mighty men and women of God. See, there's hope. Look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. I told you. Come on. Tell somebody, there's hope for you. There really is. God can do those kinds of things. And those were the people who God used to bring about the will of God for David and for Israel. So now, let me lay it out for you. Uh, hey, the cave, uh, let, me, let me back up. The, the crown, uh, the castle is the will of God for your life. That was what they were there for. Verse 10 says, they came, God brought them together. They strengthened themselves together according to the word of the Lord. Listen, God has a plan for all of us. The word of the Lord over our life. Let me just say to you today, hey, even at home, let me tell you, the word of God, the will of God is worth fighting for. Not only for you, but for your family. So, hey, the, the, the castle represents the will of God for our life. Listen, if you're in a cave, and now you want me to tell you about the cave. The cave is a low place. Everybody say low place. 
Anybody ever been in low places? Some of you got friends in low places. You weren't supposed to laugh there. That reveals what you've been listening to on the radio. We all have been in low places. In fact, this is one of David's lowest places in his life. When he's hiding in the cave and the will of God seems elusive to him. But how many of you know sometimes there's a cave experience that God uses, and that's what chapter 11 is all about. He's already been, in this passage, he's already been crowned the king. He's already in the castle. The crown is on his head. He's the king. The will of God has been realized, and now uh, this writing defines and tells and gives us some strategy, if you will. Everybody says strategy. Listen, the strategy when you're in the cave is not to duck and hide and run. The strategy is to how am I going to get out of this cave, out of this low place. Everybody say low place. And into the place of God's perfect plan and will for my life. Now, catch this. This is one of his low places. How do I know this? Everybody ask me that. How do you know that? Well, in the cave, David wrote some Psalms. And in those Psalms that he wrote in the cave, in fact, here's one, Psalm 142, verse 6. He wrote this in the cave, and he said this, I am brought very low. Here's David in the cave writing his psalm. He said, I've been very low. There's another psalm that you can look up later. Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, they were written while he was in the cave. And it was one of his low places. But in this low place, and in 1 Chronicles 11, the verses that I read to you, I'm going to give you some strategy. What's a strategy? I love, I love definitions of words. A plan of action. Listen, if you're in a low place, you got to get a plan. If you're in a low place financially, you need a plan. If you're in a low place spiritually, you need a plan. If you're in a low place and the, and the enemy is breathing down your neck trying to throw spears at you and pin you to the wall, you need a plan. A plan for military operations and movements during a war or battle. Listen, that's what the word means. Listen, there's a Hey, the will of God's worth fighting for. We just need a plan. Amen. So I'm going to give you some strategy. You ready? You got your notes? Somebody blessed me in the early service. I took more notes than I've taken in a long time. You can tell that wasn't a man. The man's going, pencil, pen? Right, ladies? Give him a pen. He needs it. He needs help. All right. But here's a plan. Here's some strategy to get you from the low place, from the cave to the castle. How many of you want to go on this journey with me this morning? How many of you say, oh, I'm ready. In fact, at home, listen, some of, some of you are here, you're camouflage misery. You've been camouflaging your cave experience. You walked in church. Y'all do have greeters here. I came in the back door. They snuck me in the back. You got greeters? You got, is there any greeters in the house? Hey, Amen. You know, people fake it till they make it, kind of. They walk in, hi, how are you doing? Oh, we're just doing great. <laughs> and inside, what's going on? The low, you, you were, you had the radio on on the way in here. I got friends in the low 
I mean, you just low. But you camouflage it. Everybody ever camouflage their misery? Okay, it's okay. But today we're coming. Just tell somebody. Turn around and tell somebody. I'm coming out of that cave today. I'm coming out. I'm moving from the low place to the high place. Oh, there I am. I didn't realize. I'm moving from the low place to the high place. Here's some strategy. Get your notes out. Here we go. The first thing that I think all of us, hey, when we want to come to that place where, ooh, I need the will of God in my life. I'm tired of this cave. I'm tired of running from my enemies. I'm tired of, uh, of, of, of trying to uh, stay away from conflict. I've got I've to get some strategy. I've got I to get a plan of action. I've got to get some military. I, listen, you can't just stay in the cave and expect to come out of the cave. There's some things you and I got to do. Are you with me? Say amen. Here we go. Number one, the first strategy, spiritual strategy from moving the cave to the castle. Here, number one. Everybody say, stare up. Okay, do it. Listen, when you're in a low, low place, the only place you can look is up. I mean, if you read these Psalms in Psalm 57, and I won't, in Psalm 142, they are Psalms written in the low place. And if you read, hey, look, take this down, write this, read them later. Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, and even some say, I think even Psalm 37, but uh, they are written by David when he's in the middle of a low place. And so what does he do? He begins to lift up his head. In fact, Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2, this is what he employed this passage of scripture I will lift up mine eyes to the hills and then he then he asks a question from whence comes my help then he answers his own question my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth listen when you're in a y'all are slow this morning that's supposed to be the early crowd all right stay with when you're in a low place the only place to look is up. You stare up, you lift up your heads and you lift up your eyes to the hills and you begin to declare, listen, when you're in a low place, hey, if you want to stay in the cave, uh, eventually somebody will roll a rock over it. I can guarantee you. But if you want to stay there, somebody will end it for you. But if you want to come out of that cave, how about you? How about you at home? How about, you? hey, I, I want to come out of the cave. Come on. Uh, come on. I want to come out of the cave. Listen, you got to lift up. You got to stare up to heaven and make some bold declarations about God and his capacity and his desire. Oh, I wish I had time all day to read you these two Psalms. You're going to read them at home later, right? You're going to read, okay, you're going to read them. What we find David doing in the middle of his is he stares up to heaven and he declares, my help comes from the Lord. And he talks about the fact that even in this dark place, even in this cave, God has a plan. He has a will for my life. He's going to deliver me out of this cave. God can do anything. Somebody say amen. I feel sorry for that early bunch. You know why? I think I'm doing better. I'm feeling better about it today, this afternoon. Oh, it's not this afternoon yet. Everybody say, stare up. Man, if you don't get anything, get this. If you're in a low place, just lift up your eyes to God. Begin to worship him. 
I have a friend of mine says this. I love it. He's got a bunch of points, one-line messages. And one of them is, you can come out of a hole in a hurry. Tell somebody, you can come out of a hole in a hurry. You can. If you begin to lift up your, and, and that's, what, that's what the writer here says. Hey, let me tell you how this happened. They began to lift up. David began to lift up his head to the Lord. Number two, here we go. Second strategy from moving from the cave to the castle is not only stare up, but strengthen up. Everybody say strengthen up. Anybody pump iron around here? Any, any, hey, any, any of you ladies' husband get out in the garage when nobody's looking, start pumping iron like he thinks he's, you know, Iron Man or something. Hey, man, I, I, my wife didn't lift up her hand. She knows, okay? My best edge, uh, here's, here's my only uh, physical therapy. It's about all the exercise I get. In fact, my friend and my, a friend of mine and I years ago, somebody gave us, they call them Fitbits, whatever they're, and, and you know, more you move it to exercise. And so we were buddies and I could see how much, whatever it was, we were burning what he did and what I did. We were in a competition. One day I fished all day with my Fitbit on. He called me and says, what are you doing? I said, man, I've been pumping iron out of life. But look what it says about these guys, these mighty men. It says in 1 Chronicles eleven ten. it says, Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom. They were pumping spiritual iron together. They weren't going to just hang out in this cave forever. Listen, if you're in a cave, you can't just sit there. you got to begin to do some things that will get you out of there. you got hey, you got to employ some spiritual strategy. Lift up your heads to God, stare up, and begin to, in fact, that word, strengthen themselves with him. The word means encouraged. I'm an encourager by nature, by gifting. Uh, people, you know, my mama used to say, I think you ought to feel better when you leave church than when you came in. Have you ever been to one? Of, I'm not talking about this church. Have you ever been to a church where you walked out, you feel worse than when you came in? Okay, I'm trying to alleviate that. And so I'm, I want to encourage you. And that's what encourage you today. And that's what this word means. It means to encourage. And so listen, if you're in a cave, you got to find some courage. You got to, if there's no one else to, uh, there to encourage you, you, you got to encourage yourself. And they encouraged one another. And listen, you may feel all alone in your cave. Oh, all alone. There's... You know, you just say, nobody loves me. <laughs> I'm all by myself. Whoa. And you have that kind of sad song. You're singing to yourself. How many of you got somebody at least close to you, three or four seats, you've heard them sing that song? Okay, and you don't want to say, I didn't, want, I didn't really want you to lift your hand. How many of you ever sang that song to yourself? <laughs> you know, I'm going to date myself. Gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. You better watch that show before in your lifetime. Oh, they only showed that in Texas too. Hee-haw, for goodness sake. Some of you have been singing that hee-haw song way too long. 
Are you with me? Say amen. And so you got to encourage yourself. David learned this in a, another moment of his, uh, of his trauma of his life, one of the low places of his life. In 1 Samuel 30, it says this, that he and his mighty men had gone out and done battle, and they, they're coming home victorious, and they get back home to Ziklag. Everybody say Ziklag. That just sounds like a bad place anyway, Ziklag. Where are you going? We're going to Ziklag. And they went back home to Ziklag, and they found, I think it was the Amalekites. Could have been them crusty Philistines. But they had, they had overwhelmed Ziklag, burned uh, the, the town down, and stolen all their children and their wives. Now, that's not a great day. That's a low place. And it was so... Everybody, how low was it, Pastor? It was so low that his own mighty men spoke together to themselves about stoning him. They were thinking about a rock party. They had it up to here with David. And what does David do? Does he, does he cry and complain? Does he try to talk himself out of it? No, he said, bring me the linen ephod. We could call that the prayer cloth. And he went into the presence of God and he covered up himself with the prayer cloth. And he didn't, he didn't, oh, he didn't gloom despair. He didn't, he didn't whine and complain. But the Bible says in that low place. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He began to give himself a talking to. Some of you need a good talking to. If you've been in the cave too long, you need a good talking to. And, he t and in fact, David would say, you remember this, and I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hey, did you, have y'all ever sang that here before? And all, uh, you know what David was doing? He was talking to himself. And he gave himself a good talking to, and he got the will of God. And the Bible says the Lord spoke to him, pursue for you shall doubtless recover it all. And because he encouraged himself, because he didn't sing the wrong song in the low place of life, and he encouraged himself, and the Bible says the Lord said, pursue for you shall doubtless recover it all. And they pursued, they recovered it all, and God had a great, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Somebody say amen. That's strategy. See, so you got to stare up, realize from which your help comes. you got to strengthen up, give yourself a good talking to, and just say, whew, man, I know it's low. I know it's low. Man, let me just stop and say this. Have you ever been low and you want to share your lowness with somebody else? And they just want to not one-up you but one-down you? You think that's bad. Let me tell you about this. That's why some of y'all talk about your husband. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And, and, and you're trying to, hey, listen, you, there's times you need to, hey, if you need encouragement, don't hang around low people. You get in the presence of God and begin to encourage yourself. So, hey, strategy number one, stare up. Strategy number two, strengthen up. Strategy number three, to move from the, from the where are we at? The cave to the castle is to step up. Everybody say step up. Listen, everybody else was fleeing. Look what it says in verse 10 and verse 11. It says this, now they were the heads of the mighty men, men whom David had who strengthened themselves with him. Everybody say with him. And it says these are the guys who David had. Let me tell you what David had. He had their undivided loyalty. 
They, there, there was an absolute loyal spirit among them, and, and they stepped up. They were volunteers, and they did exactly what David did. The reason David got in so much trouble is because he, slew, because he stepped up, and he slew Goliath with, with a sling and a stone. And that's what these guys did. They learned this process. They were with him. Listen what the Bible says in Psalm 110, verse 3. It says, your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. Your people will volunteer freely, one translation says, in the day of your power. That word power, another translation says army. Listen, hey, let me back up. The will of God's worth fighting for. And if you want the will of God to be realized in your life and come and move out of the cave and into the castle, you've got to come to a place where you're willing to volunteer and be one of, of hey, who, who volunteered? Just one. He and David took their place in the bean patch, in the field of lentils, in the field of barley, and they volunteered. Listen, this, this is the, hey, if you're, in a, if you're in a cave, it's time to begin to volunteer for war. You can't flee like everybody else is fleeing. Are you with me? Say amen. Everybody say stare up. Everybody say strengthen up. Everybody say stepped up. And then number four, stand up. The only place to hide in the bean patch is if you lay down. David and one guy took their stand. It says they took their stand in the middle of the bean patch, in the middle of the barley. They stood up. What does Ephesians 6 say about the armor of God? Take your stand. Having done all to stand, stand, stand therefore. It's time to stand. Hey, if you're, hey, you're going to get out of the cave, if you're going to get out of your low place to the place of the will of God for your life, you're going to have to stand up. It says they stood up. They took their stand in the middle of the bean patch when everybody else was fleeing. And the Bible says the Lord, here we go, is another opportunity for you. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Okay, I'm going to help you. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Amen. Say stare up. Strengthen up, step it up, stand up. Here's number five, we're getting close. Everybody say, speak up. What did David do in his low place? It says he, he said, oh, that someone would bring me a drink of water from the wells of Bethlehem that was by the gate. He must have been thirsty. And you know, the three mighty men, they heard him. They blasted off and broke through the Philistine ranks and brought him back a drink of water. And he poured it out to the Lord. But I have a hypothesis. How many of you? Hey, here's my hypothesis. David was, what's a hypothesis, by the way? Some of you need help. Anybody know what a hypothesis is? Any English teachers? It's a What? Educated guess. I learned that when I was young. And so I used all the words that I know. And, and it's a hypothesis. I know that one. It's an, here's my educated guess. David was not physically thirsty. Huh. Some of you are going, but that's what he asked for. But here's my hypothesis. And that lady right there knows because she's been there. If you've been to the caves of Adullam, 
there's a spring of water. It's amazing. Come on, everybody, get your hands up. Here we go. I need to keep you with me. It's nearly 12. Here we go. Everybody go, it's amazing. It was amazing. I've been there, Beverly. I've been there. I've been into the caves. You got to take a walk up the hill. Man, I walked up there and I saw this spring of water. There's a pool there. People get out there and, just, and, and people were out, you know, in their swimsuits in this jacuzzi type spring of water. And I said, Beverly, I ain't missing my chance at all. I shucked my shoes, took off my socks and rolled up my pants leg. I'm walking around in the spring going, oh man, this is awesome. So my hypothesis is pretty accurate. I think, I don't think he was physically thirsty. What was he thirsty for? He was thirsty for the will of God. So much so that he spoke it. He was saying, oh, for the day when those Philistines are gone from Bethlehem and the will of God is realized in my life and I become the, the anointed king of all of Israel. He spoke the will of God. Listen, there's a will of God for all of us and we can't sing the sad song. We've got to begin to declare. We've got to speak. Somebody say, speak up. We've got to speak up and speak the will of God over our life. That's what he was doing. Job 22 says this. I love this. One of my favorite. It says this. Declare. Everybody read this out loud with me. Here we go. One together. It's just like the little ball jumping. Declare a thing and it shall be established. What have you been talking about? What have you been declaring? Have you been declaring how bad the cave is? Listen, you got to speak up. If you want to come out of the cave and get to the will of God for your life, you got to speak up. He began to declare the will of God over his life. I find it very interesting that Jesus, when he taught us to pray in Matthew 6, that the, the, as you begin, how many of you know the, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer? I find it very interesting that Jesus said this. Here's how you pray. If you want to know how to pray, guys, here's how you pray. The first thing you say in, in your prayer, you say, our Father, oh, I could stop and preach there. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, you enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I worship you, Lord. This is how you pray. I praise you, Lord. I'm coming in. I think you're my father. And you began to praise worship. And then the next thing, and then say this, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. No, that's the last one. He says, and then he says, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy what? will be done. If you read it in the Greek, it's kind of a declaration rather than a request. It's like this, come kingdom of God, come will of God in my life. Listen, the kingdom of God is worth fighting for. It's time for we step up and begin to declare a thing and let it be established and realize, hey, I'm not staying in this cave. I'm coming out of this cave. I'm moving to the castle. Come kingdom of God, come will of God for, for my life. And let me just stop and give you a little caveat. How many of you got some family that are living in the cave. They got their roll away bed. They even got high speed internet. They just got comfortable in the cave. Did you know as a parent, as a loved one, you can declare it over your family? Come kingdom of God. Come will of God over my kids. 
Parents, that's a good thing to pray over your kids. Will of God. Let's see, but Nathan's 39. It's his birthday. My wife prayed for him. You know, I just, how I many when, when you're, when you're about to have kids, you just want them all to be perfect. But she prayed for a son. God gave, she said, Lord, give my husband a son. And out he came. And, and, and you know what we prayed over him as well as our two daughters, Stacy and Laura? We prayed the will of God over their life. And you know why I love coming here? I get to see it. You got to declare a thing. You got to speak up. Don't let the enemy silence you in the cave. Ooh, God's touching some people this morning. In just a moment, we're going to have a prayer. We're going to believe God's going to give us strength to come out of the cave. And into the castle of God's will for our life. So you got to speak up. And then finally, if you want to move from the cave to the castle, spiritual strategy for your life is shore up. Everyone say shore up. You know what that means. It means to undergird and to shore up. The word shore means to fortify, to strengthen mentally, physically, and for us spiritually. And what the, let's go back to these mighty men. Here's David going, oh, for the will of God to be realized in my life. I wish I wasn't here in this cave. I wish the Philistines weren't in Bethlehem. I wish they were off in this cave and I was in Bethlehem and I was enjoying the will of God for my life. He's praying that, he's declaring that. And these three mighty men go, And they bolt out the door. No, there's no door in caves. I'm sorry. They bolt out the cave and head towards Bethlehem. Break through the Philistine ranks. Bring back a flask or a skin of water from the well in Bethlehem. And David is overwhelmed that they would risk their life. Let me just say, the will of God is worth risking everything for. And he poured it out as an offering. What were these mighty men doing that day? They were shoring up their leader's faith. They linked in together with him and what they were saying in this act of bringing him physical water. Hey, hypothesis continued. They knew he wasn't thirsty physically. They knew he was thirsty for the will of God. And they broke through the Philistine ranks and brought him water, not just to feed him, uh, to quench his physical thirst, but to show him, give him a vision of victory in his low place. The Bible says this, without a vision, what happens? The people perish. You know what will happen in your cave? If you don't stare up, strengthen up, step up, stand up, speak up, and shore up your faith, they'll just roll a stone over and you'll perish. But you can come out of a hole in a hurry. You can move from the cave to the 
castle. The will of God. Let's stand together. The will of God's worth fighting for. The will of God is worth staring up, lift up your, some of you are so low, listen, I know even at home maybe you might have been so low you couldn't make it to here, but listen, in your living room, wherever you are, wherever you are, some of you with camouflaged misery right now in this moment, some, hey, don't look at your watch, don't look, hey, listen, we're about done, but listen, it's time to stare up to heaven and say, my help cometh from the Lord. Can you do that right now? Come on, right now, wherever you are, and if, hey, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're in a cave, help somebody next to you who may be in a cave. Let's lift up our hands, lift up our hearts, lift up hey, our voices to heaven. Lift up your, hey, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Lord, we lift up our hands today. Lord, in the middle of the cave, in the middle of the low place of life, for those that are watching, for those that are listening today, I pray, O God, that their heads would hang down no longer, that they would lift their heads to heaven and say, my help comes from the Lord. Thank you. Now just worship him a moment. Come on, out loud with your mouth and with your hands lifted up. Now head's not hanging down. Come on right now. Let's begin to worship him. Lift up your voices. Come on, let me hear the, let me hear the praise of God, the song of the Lord, the declaration of God. In, even in the cave, Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We magnify your name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. You got us stare up. You got to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Thank you, Lord, for courage. I want you right now, wherever you are, if you're in a cave, just begin to say, thank you, Lord, for courage. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you, Lord, and I'm stepping up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hide in the bean patch. I'm not going to flee. I'm going to step up and stand up and take my place against the powers of darkness that are trying to destroy my life, trying to destroy my family. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now, we're moving from the cave to the castle right now. The will of God is about to begin to unfold before us. And Lord, we declare it over our life. We speak it right now. Some of you right now, you hadn't said it out loud in so long. You thought the cave was your grave. Come on now, the cave is not my grave. Somebody say it, the cave is not my grave. This is not my grave. I'm coming out of this thing and I'm standing up and I'm gonna fulfill the will of God for my life. Come kingdom of God. Come, will of God over my life. Are you bold enough to pray that? Are you bold enough to say that? Just begin to declare it right now. Come, kingdom of God. Come, will of God over my family, over my life, over my future, God. And Lord, if my faith needs shoring up, give me a vision of victory today. For where there's no vision, no prophetic revelation, the people perish. Everybody said amen. amen. Listen, there's something going on in the spirit right now. Let me tell you what's happened in many people's life. A revelation of God came to your soul today that you can come out of this cave. The cave is not your grave. It's just a momentary. Listen, the cave is only momentary. It's temporary. Say it out loud. It's temporary. It's only temporary. There's a revelation being released all over this room and all over the world today through the advent of the internet. 
that the will of God's worth fighting for. Amen. Father, today I thank you for this church family. I thank you for everyone who may feel like they're in a cave, that today the divine turnaround, the transformation, the transition from the cave to the crown, the will of God from the low place to the blessed place, the high place is being realized not only all over this wonderful church family, but all over this city and all over this state and all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, faith family. My family and I are on vacation right now, but I wanted to be the one to welcome our guest this morning who has been with us before, always brought a solid word of God, brings lots of joy and life to you and to the house. Can we welcome Pastor Sam Walker, our dear friend, as he comes to preach the word today. 